It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. lunch with my daughter today. Uh, didn't eat where we wanted to. I wanted to eat at Tommy's Tacos, which she'd never eaten at before. And they were like uh-huh. 45 minutes late in opening. Wow. So I had to eat this, at this deli place called Fat Sal. I saw that. I'm like, I've never been there with you, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. It's strictly down in Westwood by, by the college. Uh, but the other place was supposed to be like really good, but they were really late in opening. So, oh, wow. uh, because I get, I get a text two days ago for my daughter, like 11 o'clock at night on Friday, I'm out of water bottles. And it's like, hmm. okay. And she says, well, I'm out. <laughs> I said, you mean you're out of water? And she said, yeah. You know, you know what she should be doing is taking her empties. And mm-hmm. going by a drinking fountain in school and filling them up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know she's she's brilliant at math. Just that common sense shit just goes the right out the window. Sense, yeah, the common sense stuff can be a little a little weird. So for our listeners out there, our phone number is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. We were supposed to be on Facebook Live. <laughs> But where do I begin this, Bob? <laughs> right from I, the beginning. Right from the beginning. Okay, so apparently uh, my personal profile is blocked from posting videos. I was able to post videos earlier today, but and so I can only guess that uh, one of the videos that I posted between this morning and about three hours ago was flagged as, as being like a copyright infringement. Well, here's the thing, you know, the, the videos that I've been posting for the last, I don't know how long have been using royalty free music. I get all my music from incomtech.com um, 
beautiful place to get incredible royalty-free music, by the way, folks. So, you know, in case you need royalty-free music, go to in, in Tech. In Tech. Go to there, and you'll be able to find hundreds and hundreds of, of great music. Anyway, so I use music from Tech. And I posted one video. I, know, I normally post through Instagram to Facebook, so that way I kill two birds with one stone. And it, the video stayed on Instagram but would not post to Facebook. And I was doing this from my phone, and I was wondering, what's going on? Why isn't my stuff posting? And um, when I tried to post again, I actually clicked on the notifications in the top of my phone, and then it says, it gives me this big notification thing that says, do-do Facebook copyright restrictions. You have been blocked from posting videos. If you need more information, go to the help center. I'm sorry, Facebook, but your help center sucks. <laughs> the help center doesn't tell me a damn thing on what I can do. I'm just, oh my God, I was just so upset. So <clears throat> I tried to get on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio and uh, try to post through there. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, I can just use OBS, right? Well, right. it's not letting me do that either. <laughs> but let me... Let me try something here. Let me try something. I'm gonna I'm gonna see one more time if I can get a feed stream through Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. But since it's running under my account, it's probably gonna block me. Let's see what happens. Just for the heck of it. Uh, no, I don't need Facebook for developers. I need to hurry up. I'm just I just uh, yeah. And, and my buddy Bill Scott says it's probably gonna take a month. I'm like a month. I've got I've got like seminars to promote. I've got events to promote that I like using Facebook uh, uh, video clips with as part of commercial, so to speak. I guess I can't do that through Facebook. I, <laughs> I'm and okay. So if anyone's listening out there, the only way I can probably share stuff is through my my business personal page. So if you're listening out there, everyone, send me a friend request at Sifu Recita de Jesus. So look that up. I, I only have two personal profiles, Sifu Recita de Jesus. Um, and it would make no sense for me to broadcast through Seattle Wushu Center. And that's assuming that they don't catch that it's on my account. <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Let's see if I can get into publishing tools. This is stupid, folks. This is absolutely stupid. Janie's thing, although I'm not on that window yet, Janie. I'll get there in just a sec. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, video library. And live. And... Something went wrong, and you are not able to create a live video at this time. <laughs> That's what it says. Something went wrong, and you are not able to create a live video at this time. 
I almost dropped an F bomb. <sighs> Anyhow, so much for so much for that. <clears throat> Cause uh, you know, I really like Facebook Live for our broadcast folks. I really do. And I'm kind of pissed right now that it's not working. <clears throat> so, um, Jamie says this is working. Yes, the uh, uh, the audio is working, Jamie. The audio is working. So if you just click on the thing there, you'll be able to hear us. All right, so give us a call, folks, 347-677-0699, because after our first segment here, we're going to be talking a little bit we're going to be discussing a little bit about traditional arts and uh, modern training, namely MMA. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages? And um, and also we're going to be talking about what is chi or ki or mana, prana, whatever. Um, there have been several requests for us to uh, kind of discuss that and to dispel some uh, myths um, and to... Uh, <clears throat> to give out some myths and to dispel them, to do some mythbuster stuff. And we're also going to talk a little bit about martial arts charlatan behavior. We're not going to be talking specifically about people in general. We're not going to call out any names or anything. We're just going to be talking about the behavior. So later on after 6.30, give us a call, 347-677-0699. All right. So... Let's hear a little bit from uh, Sifu Bob here. What do you got uh, going on in your end there through the week, other than it being very hot? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, haven't seen much on Dragon Fest yet because we still have, you know, three and a half months left. But Michael did confirm that Michael Jai White will be there this year. And oh, cool. I don't know if anybody remembers because I never saw him. But he was actually at the first Dragon Fest. He came as I a visitor. Remember. Oh. Uh, everybody was saying that. he was there, remember? Oh, uh, but he oh, never yeah. came by yeah, and saw us. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess that's probably Joe why I don't Montagna remember. <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. Joe Montana right. is supposed to be there again this year. Oh, cool. A uh, lot of good stuff. We're going to get our own section right by the stage this year, which is going to be, like, really cool. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am too. That, that's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be great. And uh, in that section, we'll be able to be kind of tucked away a little bit and, and have our own um, our own place where we can do interviews and come by and say hi. Because if you come by and say hi, you'll probably get wrangled into an interview. And we're going to be broadcasting uh, on Facebook Live. Hopefully, I will have video access by then. <laughs> I hope that I hope the hell you do. I hope to God I do too, because you know I just thinking about just really it's it's Creative Commons license. It's it's royalty free. There's no copyright infringement, and I don't know, you know. I, but I remember like on YouTube, one of my uh, one of uh, the wit makers that I follow on YouTube, he said that they. Uh, pulled all the audio off of uh, one of his wit making videos because he happened to have a radio playing in the background and he just forgot about it because it's just background noise to him right and uh, yeah they pulled all the audio from his video and just left the video in complete silence <laughs> wow so he, yeah so he had to oh. he, so he had to redo it and it was like really okay 
Okay, now I want to go over this real quick because of of some of a uh, uh, dear departed one of the entertainment in the entertainment field we lost yesterday. Of course, I won't mention their name yet because that's part of my entertainment news. Right. And I'm going to do a section just after that called Notable Deaths of 2017. And every year we do this, but we and a lot of them that were really famous, maybe we grew up watching, we didn't even hear that passed away unless they were really significant at the time. Now, this one, Emma Morano. Uh-huh. She was the... As far as anyone could tell, she was the world's oldest living person. She died wow. on, on April 15th this year. She died at 117 years old. What? So as, as far as anyone knows, she was the last living survivor that was born in the 1800s. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? You know cool. what? Let me do that right right now. Then, <laughs> since I did that, uh, okay. I won't mention the first one on here because that, like I said, that's entertainment news. But we lost this year. We lost, of course, Mary Tyler Moore, Mike Connors from the old Mannix TV series, right. Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica, singer Al Jarreau, Judge Joseph Wapner from the original Judge from the People's Court. Uh, Joni Sledge from Sister Sledge uh-huh. that sung We Are Family. Yeah. We lost Chuck Berry. We lost Chuck Barris, Don Rickles, Jay Giles, Charlie Murphy. That's Eddie Murphy's brother. He was on like uh, the David Chappelle show and he had his own show for a while. Cuba uh, uh-huh. Gooding Sr., <clears throat> Uh, here's one that you might remember, Dick Godier. Dick Godier? Yeah. He played Jaime the Robot on Get Smart. <laughs> I I remember Get Smart. I just don't remember who played the who played the robot. <laughs> he played the robot in the 1960s, 1970s. And so far, that's and there are some others, uh, but those are the real significant ones that we've lost out of the entertainment field this year. Wow! I know, wow. right? And that's a lot of them that cool. never even knew. I didn't know we lost uh, Chuck Berry. I knew we lost Chuck Barris from yeah. the Dong Show, but yeah. I didn't know we lost Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry was significant in the history of rock and roll. That's right. I had no idea that he had passed, nor um, was it Joni Sledge? Well, I wasn't going to mention. Oh, Joni Sledge, yes, part of the Sledge. Yeah. See, I thought you were going into the one I wasn't going to mention because that's who she played. No, uh, no, Joni Sledge, I'm trying to remember which sister she was. It was funny because uh, on the way here, I was listening to the We Are Family album and. Uh, Oh, and wow. I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. And I had no idea that she had already passed. None. None whatsoever. Oh, and for, for those who don't know when Sifu said album, they used to be made out of vinyl. They were actually <laughs> albums. That's what they were called. 
They are no longer. Actually, you know what? I take that back because vinyl is making a comeback. Not a very big yes. one, but they are selling record players and vinyl again. But they're in specialty yeah. stores. Yeah, yeah. They were they were actually selling them primarily to uh, DJs and stuff. Right. Because they would they would do. And now they're and they're open in the like stores. So, and <laughs> the one thing that that caught my eye was. I saw uh, a Journey album, and I'm oh, wow. like, "What?" And then I saw the record players and all this crap. And hopefully, the <laughs> Journey album that they had was like Frontier, where it still had Steve Perry. Oh, <laughs> not some look-alike. Right. Exactly. Uh, oh, sorry. So and there comments. we have it. There we go. So there's there's half of the well, yeah, that's half of the entertainment news. Um, yes. I'm just looking at a comment. Somebody had commented on a post from February 5th. <laughs> February 5th on <clears throat> on the Dynamic Dojo. Oh, the, somebody commented on the testing open broadcaster software and mixer for live stream. And it's kind of like it's April now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody commented on a February fifth thing, but I'll, I'll I'll go take a look at that later. Well, all right. Haven't you ever seen the ones that it says so and so commented on a post from August of two thousand sixteen? Yeah. You're going. How did you even find that post? <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that tells me that somebody's really going through your 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 profile. Because, you know, you scroll for a while, it'll it'll stop scrolling throughout the current year, and it'll say post from 2016, post from 2015, and then they can go through that. <clears throat> but, wow, I don't – I have a hard time going through my own stuff from a month ago. <laughs> All right. Let's get on with the show. Who do we have for birthdays, Bob? Well, birthdays – let me stall a little bit. Uh, oh, wrong one. Uh, let me switch emails. It was open. There we go. Uh, there we birthdays. go. Birthdays. We have four on, uh, what's, what's the date? It's the 23rd right now. Okay. So I had none for, tom- for today. So tomorrow on the 24th, we have Claudia Lopez, Guru Renee Latosa, and Guru Mark Wiley. On the 25th, we have our last guest, Jerry Lem. Rob and Rob Moses. On the 26th, we have Spice William Crosby, which was actually married to one of Bing Crosby's sons. Oh, cool. Jake, we have Jacob Bressler and Baja Kempo also on the 26th. On the 27th is uh, Michael Bumgarten. He's a, uh, a director and a filmmaker and a producer for... Uh, the Martial Arts Kid. On uh, 429, I'm going to, of course, give the ones you added. Uh, 429, we have Gurley Abad, Mark Makita, and an old friend of mine, Mark Jackson. He goes under the name Highlander Scotland online. So who do you have for birthdays? Well, on April 27th, Grandmaster Chuck Canete. Um, is having his birthday, and then on. Now, is that a son uh, it, or a grandson? <clears throat> it is grandson, if I remember correctly. Grandson, got it. Okay. Yes, 
And uh, on uh, April 29th, I've got uh, one of my Tai Chi assistant coaches, Ethan Savaglio, um, friend of mine, Mark McMorrow, Sensei J- Jamie Zimron, uh, Master Wade Williams, Master Mike Andrews, and a former student of mine, Jerry Howard. And um, I think that's it for my birthdays because uh, we you, had a you lot missed of the, You missed ones. the one on 428. Oh, thank you. Mark Kozlowski. Mark Kozlowski is having a birthday on the 28th. And uh, you got all the other uh, mutual ones that we have. So for everybody having a birthday this week, this tune is for you. I want to want to wish you a happy birthday. I want to want to help you celebrate. Party, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to party, party, time to celebrate Well, happy birthday, everyone. Make it a great birthday week. All right. <clears throat> so it is, it's already time for health news. <laughs> already. All right. Let's move on into health news. All right. So this particular story comes from the Science Daily. And this is about uh, some new research that has been done, and it suggests that excess sugar, especially the fructose in sugary drinks, might damage your brain. Now, we all know about, you know, the pitfalls of too much sugar, you know, weight loss, or not weight loss, not weight loss, what the hell, weight gain, and uh, just, you know, cavities, and just all around that type of uh, feeling and stuff like that, but they're actually finding that it might damage your brain. Now, researchers using data from the Framingham, hearts from now on will be called FHS, found that people who drink sugary beverages frequently are more likely to have poorer memory, smaller overall brain volume, and a significantly smaller hippocampus, and that's the area of the brain important for learning and memory. Now, Researchers are quick to point out that these findings, which appear separately in the journals Alzheimer's and Dementia and the journal Stroke, demonstrate correlation but not cause and effect. So while researchers caution against overconsuming either diet soda or sugary drinks, more research is actually needed to determine how or if these drinks actually damage your brain and how much damage may be caused by underlying vascular disease or diabetes. Quote, unquote, these studies are not the end-all and be-all, but it's strong data and very strong suggestions, says Suda Sasadri, a professor of neurology at Boston University School of Medicine and a faculty member at um, BU's Alzheimer's Disease Center, um, who is senior author on both papers. 
She says, it looks like there is not very much of an upside to having sugary drinks and substituting the sugar with artificial sweeteners doesn't seem to help. Maybe good old-fashioned water is something we need to get used to, says Dr. Shashadri. Um, and uh, for anyone interested in learning more about the actual studies, I'm going to go ahead and post the link on the Dynamic Dojo uh, Facebook page. Um, and, and that's it. So basically, the studies, uh, there are studies that are just finding that uh, consuming too much of that high fructose corn syrup kind of junk could possibly damage your brain. And I'm not going to go through the whole study because it's like long. So I'm going to go ahead and post that on the dynamic dojo page. Cool. So there we go. Yeah. So that's it for the health news. What do we have for weird news? Well, you know, I have something to share with you first. What's that? Have you ever <clears throat> looked up at, at the clouds and thought, wow, that's shaped like a bull. Oh, that's shaped like a house. Have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I right. was just, you know, and you know how my mind works. I was just wondering, do the clouds look down on us and say, hey, look, that one's shaped like an asshole. <laughs> I like that. I don't even know where my rim shot is. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, there it is. I found my rim shot. <laughs> okay, weird news. And this is strange. Uh, this comes out of China. A 63-year-old woman in China needed to be rescued by firefighters when locking herself out of her apartment led to an ill-fated attempt to repel to a window. So what happened was this lady walks out of her apartment without her keys. She had the door open, but a big gust of wind came by and slammed her door on her from behind. Oh, okay. uh, They identified her as a woman named Jai. Uh, there was a video shown of her clinging to a rope she had borrowed from a local construction site while a firefighter lowered to where she was dangling. The firefighter helped the woman climb back up to enter the window of her apartment. Jai told the police she was locked out of her apartment when a gust of wind slammed her door and she didn't have any money for a locksmith. So uh-huh. she borrowed rope. She borrowed the ropes and decided to repel to her window. To, to her window, she said the attempt hit a snag when she overshot her target and ended up stranded on an outdoor air conditioning unit. She was not oh, wow. injured during the attempt. Can you imagine? You're you're repelling and went, oh shit! <laughs> I missed. Oh what? <laughs> oh what? <laughs> I missed, and now. I'm snagged on there. <laughs> oh crap! Oh crap! Oh, it's the wrong window. I, I would hate to see what I had snagged on that air conditioner. Well, I wasn't the only thing dangling there. <laughs> So, 
sorry, JD. I know I'm offending you. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Okay, oh. so this is the, the entertainment news. This was sort of sad. This is why, I, this is why I didn't want to mention it during the, the notable deaths. We lost... Not anymore would we consider an icon, but you and I grew up watching the show Happy Days. Right, right. You know, later on, my my customer or my my wife had customers like Henry Winkler, Ron Howard, Scott Bale. Mm -hmm. And the last one, which she doesn't remember, but I specifically remember telling me, Aaron Moran died yesterday. That sucks. And they don't know how. It says Aaron Moran, who famously played Joni Cunningham on Happy Days and spin-off Joni Loves Chachi has died, according to what TMZ had learned. Uh, they, they, were to, they were told authorities in Indiana got a call. Uh, whoops, I, I'm losing my head right here. Uh, oh, no. Somewhere around 4... Oh, there we go. Uh, somewhere around 4 p.m. Saturday from someone reporting an unresponsive female. EMTs arrived and found Aaron Moran's body. She was already dead. Mm-hmm. Moran shot to the spotlight in the early 70s when she was cast on Happy Days as Joni, the younger sister of Ron Howard's character. She continued the role in, in 1982 along with Scott Baio in Joni Loves Chachi. But the show only lasted one season. Aaron had a tough life after her Happy Days stardom, a combination of drinking and bizarre behavior that eventually landed her in a trailer park in Indiana. She had ran out of money and was reportedly kicked out of the mobile home that she shared with husband Steve Fleischman. Through her career, Moran also landed roles on Murder, She Wrote, Desperation Boulevard, and Celebrity Fit Club. An autopsy is pending. She was 56 years old. So young. How sad. Yeah, very it young. Is. You know, wow. you know what's really sad is we're not that far behind her in age. No, no, oh. really not all that that much at all. <laughs> you know, not and my and my brother went to school with Ron Howard. He actually went to my high school. Oh wow! I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's and and later cool. later on, I had, I had met Henry Winkler, uh, which was mm-hmm. the customer of my wife's. Now the funny thing was how I met him was a little weird. It was on Halloween, and we were uh-huh. taking my brother's my brother's daughter, my niece, for her first Halloween when she was three. Uh-huh. And my wife Jenny knew where knew where Henry lived. It lives in uh-huh. this, lived in this area called Toluca Lake by where Bob's Big Boy is, and uh-huh. very affluent area. And uh, he actually answered the door for trick oh, or treat. Wow. He he was one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Uh, we were I was I was there. She introduced me, and and she he said I really think very highly of your wife. And uh, somebody came up behind us and said, "Can I have your autograph?" And he very very politely turned him down. Because it wasn't his night. It was the kid's night and didn't want to spoil that. The right. guy was the ultimate gentleman. That is so cool. That is so cool. It was absolutely cool. 
So right that was a very sad loss, and that's 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 what brought on the notable death segment. Yeah, so sad. So 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 many great people have left already, and the year's not even really halfway done. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not even half done yet. Yeah. Well, let's do this, everybody. Let's go ahead and uh, take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about traditional art in modern training and MMA, the uh, benefits, the pros and the cons. Um, And uh, also a question that was posed to me um, via email, what is chi? So if we could get some uh, masters out there to give us a call and... uh, kind of uh, give us their views on uh, traditional arts in modern training and in modern MMA. And also, uh, what is chi? What's your take on that? What are some stereotypes that we might have heard or seen regarding chi? And uh, we'll do some myth-busting as well. And we'll also talk a little bit about martial arts charlatan behavior. So a lot of cool stuff to talk about, and uh, this may, may lead into other conversations, but... Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. 
have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Well, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And we're going to have a series of uh, roundtable discussions here. Uh, we are going to start off, however, with uh, discussing um, traditional art and uh, its uh, benefits and uh, pros, cons, and stuff like that. Um, in application in modern training and in MMA. Now, what brought this on <clears throat> was that this morning I saw uh, a video on Facebook about uh, uh, about how karate is uh, is actually useful. And I think uh, it was Leoto Machida, uh, I think, that uh, did. I forgot what style of karate he does. Do you know, Bob? Is it Shotokan? Is it, I don't know. I what think it's Shotokan. Yeah. And it shows, uh, like, snippets of, like, kata and how he applies them in the ring. And it works. Right? <laughs> and he looks good right? doing it. That's the thing. He looks great doing it. So, for anyone that thinks that kata has no bearing on how you fight and stuff like that, um, it does. I mean, granted, you know, he, he wasn't looking like he was doing, like, competition kata, but he wasn't flailing about, and he wasn't sloppy, and he wasn't, his footwork wasn't all messed up and stuff like that. That's what I meant by looking good. He wasn't looking pretty, pretty, but, you know, he wasn't flailing, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> and he did Beautiful, like, jump front kick. Knocked some guy right under the chin. Boom, dude was out. <laughs> well, was you know, Rusty, I was, I was looking at something since our last week's discussion with Jerry Lim. You know, I was take, talking about not teaching kata and totally flip because you're not going to fight with a kata. Right. Right. Remember that? Okay. I remember so, that. A couple, couple thoughts I, I was having this week. Well, okay, I see his point, but I bet out of all the katas that Choli Foot has, every technique that Jerry is teaching, or somebody else, not picking on Jerry because he's a great teacher, great person, but every technique he's, he's teaching, I bet can be found in a kata somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> there is a video out huh. there. Oh, wait, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, no, go ahead, oh. please. There was there's a video out there that has gone through Facebook like a bajillion times, and um, uh-huh. it shows kata, kata snippets, and how different fighters are knocking the crap out of people <laughs> with the same movement. Um, right. It's a beautifully done video. It has a lot of, you know, great karate practitioners and, you know, great fighters out there. <clears throat> and... Uh, 
and yeah, I mean, it works, and it's true. It's true, folks, that you're not going to fight with kata because you're not going to fight with a choreographed set of movements. But we also discussed that in that same interview that that kata is an encyclopedia for your art. It contains the techniques and the main concepts that the art focused on at the time of its inception, right? Um, right. And and it teaches all your basics and you know lead leg versus lead leg movement versus reverse movement and you know stuff like that uh, balance and rhythm and control and stuff like that. All exactly. those things you right. need. Yeah, all the stuff that you need in MMA or you know Krav Maga or whatever, right? <clears throat> so please go ahead with any thoughts that you might have. Do I think I interrupted? So with 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 uh, what was said now. You're right. You're not going to fight with a with a choreographed set of movements, but you might fight with two of those movements out of ten. Mm-hmm. And if people can't fight with with using techniques out of a kata, then they're not mm-hmm. doing kata enough. Right. They're not practicing right. enough. Now, John Border said a couple things this week. You know, we've had him on the show. It's been about four years uh, yeah. since we've had him on, he said advanced, a couple things. He said advanced techniques are basic techniques that are done very well. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I totally and he agree. Said something about practice and don't, and it's wrong to practice techniques wrong. That's right. The, the, yeah. you remember the old adage, practice makes perfect. The real saying is perfect practice perfect makes practice. perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect You know, practice. if you do things wrong a thousand times, yep. you know, it's a habit it, now. It's, it's going to be wrong. Exactly. It does. And, it, it and remember what Bruce Lee said, don't fear the man that has a, a, that does a, a, what, a thousand techniques one time. Fear the man that does one technique a thousand times. Yeah, Definitely. Oh, hey, Bob, Janie says, no worries, Bob. It takes a whole lot more than that to offend me. I don't offend easily. So I know. I saw that. And don't worry, Janie, I'm going to work on that, okay? <laughs> yeah, because eventually, Janie, he, he found something that would offend me. <laughs> I, yeah. No kidding. It usually no kidding. involves body parts. <laughs> yes, and you know what's really funny is she is still getting surprised at the stuff that comes out of my mouth. I know, I know, because you 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 change up your approach sometimes, and it takes me just out of from out of left field and takes me by surprise. <laughs> Jamie yeah, says, bring, it's, Jamie says, "Bring it on, big boy." <laughs> God, I love when a woman says that to me. Oh my God! See, it's stuck like that. <laughs> oh my God. See, that just happened to come out. You know? Yeah. Uh, from out of left field, I was not expecting that. That was random. That was well, that was awesome, though. That was awesome. I, I told a woman one time. I said, when when your boyfriend does something stupid, don't act so surprised because he <laughs> will do something stupid. She looks me in the eye and she says, the only reason I act surprised is when he does something stupid, he tops the last stupid thing he did. 
that's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god. Anyhow, back to back to traditional art. Now the thing is, is that yes. uh, you know, kata. I tell my I tell my own students the same thing, right? Perfect practice makes perfect. A lot of people tend to look at the word practice as you know, just do the moves, right? and not be mentally engaged in, in the practice. Just do the moves, just do the moves. Because, you know, okay, martial arts instructors out there, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've ever had this happen. Let's say you're teaching forms or taolu or kata or saya, whatever you call it in your art, and you're making corrections. So let's just say, you know, you've got some intermediate people and you're making corrections on how to make it look better and stuff. and and you notice that there's a few people that just don't make the correction happen. Or they do it like once or twice, and then the next class they come to, old habits kick in, and they, they forget the correction. Raise your hand. <laughs> Put it in the comments below and tell me if you've ever dealt with that. Well, I deal with it too, just like any other instructor. And it 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 just completely escapes me how they don't see that they're not mentally keeping mentally engaged in their practice sometimes. I'm not saying all of my students do that, but you know, I've had to remind people, gotta be mindful of what you're doing. Your foot's turned this way, your knees are bent in this way in that horse stance, it's weak and you know, change that, da da da, you know. Um and, you know, I, I don't do the whole, like, you know, go in the corner and do it 500 times until I tell you to come back here. Because, um, I you know, I'm trying to be nicer in my older age. But, my God, I want to bring that back. Go in the corner, Jimmy, and practice that 500 times until you get that down. <laughs> Janie raised her hand, her paw. That, that is the cutest thing. I know. I know. That's the oh, – look, and it, <laughs> and then if you hover your mouse over it, it waves. <laughs> right. I'm hovering my mouse over it, Danny. It's just so cute. Oh my god. I know. I take, I would take a video of it. Yeah, I know, right? I would take a video of it, but I wouldn't be able to post it. <laughs> Damn Facebook. Anyhow. So yeah, I mean, so you have a point there. Perfect practice makes perfect. But also, you know, just know that the kata that you're doing is choreographed and you're not going to be fighting like that, right? However, you know, that reminds me of one of the um, uh, one of the movements in one of our beginning forms um, in Butokukan Karate. We call it Pinyon 2. And basically all it is, it's, you know, you go to the left, you do left down block, with a forward stance and then you lunge and you do a forward punch and then you step behind with that right foot and then you turn with another downward block right and you know for beginners it it can be kind of uh, hit or miss trying to get that that motion down but you know if you really look at that motion it's teaching you how to do a great spin any technique it could be a great spin hammer strike. It could be a great spin um, back fist. And if you do it right, it's not going to be blind 
what drives me up the wall is seeing people in sparring matches. They do spin back this, and they're not even looking where they're hitting, right? And <laughs> right. And they're being True. called as points. They're like, point? I'm like, I, it's blind. I'm not calling that as a point. Whatever. But so, you know, even the beginning forms teach you great body mechanics. And I think that's the key to the traditional arts is if a student can see the body mechanics that are being taught to them and the and the coordination that's being taught to them just through the kata, not through the choreograph thing, but through the through the kata and the transitions between movements, then I'm I'm firmly convinced that it, there could be benefits to using it in modern training and in modern MMA. <clears throat> so right now, now said, the problem you're going to have, the problem you're going to uh, have, is a couple things. One, not all schools teach the bunkai, the the right, right. the application, or right. they don't teach the entire because it will take months and months to go through a form and teach the. Bunkai, because you have to remember that you've got one to 14 variations of every technique. So right. if you've got 108 moves in, let's say, Sulon Tao, now you've got 1,400 different variations yeah. of that. Yeah. Now, exactly. there are some things, you said this, you, that cannot be taught. It can be shown right. with the body mechanics, but not mm-hmm. always can be not the information can't be taken by the student and used as his own except with practice. Exactly. And practice is the key. Cause like, I, I need to find that video that I saw with Yoda Machida in it because you know, the, the, the bunkai that he took from these kata snippets was like picture perfect. Well, you know, like I said, not pretty, pretty, but you know, it was, it was picture perfect in the sense that if he did a <clears throat> if he did a sweep, that he didn't lose balance as well, and that it wasn't sloppy, because he practiced it over and over and over again to to be stable in kata, right? And it's just beautiful. I'm gonna have to find that video and post it again because I, I know it's on my it's on my Facebook on my Facebook profile. So let's um I think. I think nine three seven. I think this is Sensei Wayne Riley, and this would be a perfect person. Did to they talk press about one? Uh, Did they no. press one? Sensei Wayne, if you want to join us, please press one. Then screw him. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there he is now. <laughs> Sensei Wayne, how you doing, brother? Screw me, huh? <laughs> How you guys doing? Really cool. Really cool. Awesome. awesome. So yeah, you came in. You came. You came in the perfect time because we're talking about how traditional art, uh, what some of the benefits are in uh, using traditional concepts and such as kata or drills. You know, one step kumite, nihon kumite. You know that kind of thing. Um, into modern training and MMA. Uh, but we're also going to be talking a little bit about the stereotypes about traditional arts in relation to modern times and uh, what is chi stereotype myths and myth busting. We're going to bust, bust some myths. We're going to bust some myths. <laughs> bust some myths. <laughs> we're going to bust some myths 
<laughs> and uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about charlatan behavior in the martial arts industry. So, yay, this will be a fun discussion. So, Sensei Wayne, what are your what are your thoughts about how traditional martial arts can fit into modern training or mixed martial arts? You know, it, it can fit in anywhere. If, if you learn to use bunkai, um, you know, without the bunkai, the rest of it's nothing, really. Um, you have to have right. the bunkai in your techniques. That's really the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way to modify your techniques for, for today is to pick some of those techniques out. Modify them if you right. have to for today's use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, earlier, um, a little bit earlier, Bob had said that not all schools – whether it's Kung Fu or Karate or whatever, not all schools teach Bunkai. So, you know, what are your thoughts on why some schools would not teach the application? They were probably never shown. Oh, I didn't even think that route. Yeah. I know a lot of schools out there that do not teach the Bunkai. They teach, they teach some of the applied techniques, but they don't teach the full Bunkai. You know, get in there, dig right. around, and see what you can find. Right. And well, see, that's the fun part, is the digging around part. Yeah. <laughs> and I like getting dirty. <laughs> I, you know, I, I loved that as a kid when I was... <laughs> that sounded weird. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah see, and I left that one alone. <laughs> Thank you. I, that, I had to figure that out on my own. Well, okay. <laughs> A little embarrassed there, but um, but no. When I was a kid in Butokukan Karate, I, um, our teacher, our sensei, would sometimes, and it was our, it was our favorite activity. He would say, "All right, pinyon mm, yondan, go break it down," and he gave us half hour with a partner or in groups of three or whatever, and we would, you know, try to see how far we could get through the kata. And doing the kata the way that it, it it needs to be, but using it against attack. And then he would give us a chance to kind of free it up a little bit and uh, not look so, you know, zen kutsudachi, kibadachi, that kind of thing. And to make it more, you know, uh, realistic. <clears throat> and we loved that. And it didn't matter that if we went through all the katas that we knew, we would go back and do like pinyon two all over again and and find new stuff that we didn't. Yeah, because there's oh, you you miss something, you know. Always. Yeah, yeah, and it's just so much fun, and I, you know, I think that's where the art is, and I think that's what I said in my post this morning when I posted that video of Leoto Machida. I said, you know, knowing how to apply your bunkai any place, anywhere, anyhow, that's the art in MMA. There's the art right there. <laughs> right. Now, the, the students, though, I believe, Rosie, have to be shown because not all bunkai within the form is the way it was, you know, this is going to come out wrong, is not the way it was meant to be. Like, if you no, break right. it down and say, okay, that, that, low, that low block, okay, that works on front kick, but what if it's a uh, mid-level mid, mid punch. We can still do the low block, then it might come into a trap. Now it changes the, the dy- dynamicism of the technique. Uh, exactly. That's how I also like to break down. Okay, what else can, 
do we have from here? What else can they throw? That, okay, I've got a high block. Okay, that can be a high round kick, but what if that's a, what if that's a hook punch? Where, where does it, it going to change? And Wayne was right. We have to, to adapt to today's society. And then this is where I was saying that there's 1 to 14 variations of every technique. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now you're going to oh, yeah. change. Not more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah if, exactly. 1 to 14. That when I said 1 to 14, that was a term I, I, I learned almost uh, 35 years ago. So now uh-huh. it could be 1 to 50 techniques. Well, yeah. 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 Variations, exactly. rather. Now, Janie, Janie's listening, and she says, our school has done some digging on a few forms. And we have found that there are several variations of the form, and we're not sure what the actual move is. However, it really doesn't matter for us because if the technique works, we use it. <clears throat> Heck yes, Jamie. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, how many times you've taken a lot of seminars, Rusty, as you have, Wayne. How many times have you learned the exact same form a different way? I've taken that's five. Right. I, I've learned Sulam Tao, the first form in Wing Chun. Five different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the Saya Uno and the Dos Pares. I learned five different ways how to do it. So when I teach it. Right. You know, I don't remember which variation I taught, like the previous class. So I'll teach a different variation. And then people go, well, uh, that's not how. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. This must be one of the other variations I learned. But after a while, everything feels the same. And I think that's. Right. One of the secrets to to learning your bunkai is that when when you do all these variations of a form and it feels right and it feels the same, you know, <clears throat> in my opinion, I think that it means that you you're, you're starting to internalize the movement and it's starting to become part of you, which will in turn become part of your fighting. Uh, exactly. So yeah, <clears throat> so pretty wild. So yeah, I never thought of thought of it that way that some schools just weren't taught, you know, like the teacher of a, a school just wasn't taught the Bunkai. Um, right. But and on the we other were, hand... We were, at the, uh, we were at the Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, yeah, we're going to have to tell us about that later. And uh, did we, I watched several seminars and you could, just, you could just see it in some of the seminars that some of the people just really don't have it. You know, they really yeah. don't understand exactly what their art is. They might know it, but they don't understand it. Right. And I right. watched that in several seminars you know, over the weekend, and I never once seen anybody explain Bunkai except for the, the uh, seminar that we gave. I mean, we, we broke everything mm-hmm. down so that it was, it was easy for people to learn and understand. And it was awesome to see, you know, when you see the light go off in somebody's head, like, oh, my God, I get right. it now. You yeah. know, that's so cool. It is. And I really wish I could have been there. I just couldn't afford it. This time it was there. awesome. We had a great time. <laughs> I saw some of the footage, and I'm like, oh, I want to be there. <laughs> some of that, some of that Giddy stuff, that was crazy. That oh, was yeah. Crazy breaking. I was like, man. <laughs> well, I, I think Wayne should come out to Fullerton next month. I think so. I wish I could. If I had the money, I would be there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe one of these days you can come out to uh, uh, oh, yeah. Dragon Fest, but it Dragon would be fun. Fest. Yeah, but it would be fun if you if you came out to a USA Martial Hall of Fame because you're you know you're alumni. That would be we'd have such a blast. Oh, realist. Oh yeah. Awesome. 
Anyhow, <laughs> and uh, Jamie says, oh, man, I forgot they had an Indianapolis. I'm only three hours away, and I could have made the drive. Oh, Jamie, okay. So, <laughs> noted, noted. I've noted that in my notes. <laughs> so, something tells me, Sensei Wayne, I'm going to be making it out to Indianapolis sometime next year or the year after. <clears throat> that would be cool. So, and, and. <laughs> and Jamie says, I suck. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honey, you don't suck. You don't suck. It's, you know, it's, it didn't give you very much notice. So there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Now let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's uh, steer it a little different direction. Let's uh, let's steer it towards stereotypes about traditional martial arts and 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 what what exactly is is it about these stereotypes that makes MMA people or modern martial artists kind of poo-poo the traditional arts? So um, let's see if we can get some thoughts from Kiki Bob. Well, it's 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 a, a a brainwashing thing. I've always looked at it like that because a lot of the MMA guys don't have a traditional background and they don't understand it. And being mm-hmm. that, they they tend to talk smack about things that they don't get that they've never done before. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, they it's, don't it's know that the respect and that sort of thing. Right. Right. And, you know, I don't know much about mixed martial arts um, in terms of, like, how long you have to train before you're ring ready. Um, you know, I mean, Bob, do you know? I mean, how how long for people that want to fight out there? And, 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 and I want to I want to reach out to the mixed martial artists out there because we're not dissing on you. You know, we're just saying that, hey, you know, traditional arts have a, have a place in today's modern training, but some MMA practitioners will look down on the traditional martial arts, saying that, oh, it's not going to work, and you got to have DJJ, you got to have Muay Thai, that karate shit ain't going to work, that Kung Fu shit ain't going to work, blah, blah, blah. Not all of them are like that. In fact, there are really great traditional martial artists that have been really great fighters, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. Um, but uh, it's just sad that uh, that people poo on it. But I want to hear from the MMA practitioners out there. For those of you that want to fight in the ring, on an average, about how long would it take for someone to be ready for the ring? Um, and I know that circumstances can change, you know, a timeline and stuff like that. I'm just I'm just curious because I know nothing about. MMA and uh, how to, well, I shouldn't say I know nothing about MMA, but I know nothing about what determines when someone is ready for the ring, let's just say. So give us a call, 347-677-0699. That's easy. When you start knocking people out, you may be ready. (laughs) You may be ready. <laughs> I pull, I pull his groin over his head. I may be ready. When I can take a hit without whining, I may be ready. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> when when my eyes do not see, this goes back to Jeff to Jeff uh, to uh, 
Bill Ingvall's here's your sign bit. If, hmm. if, my, if I can take a shot in the groin and my eyes don't roll back into my head so I can see out the back of my skull, I may be ready. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if I'm a guy and can find a groin tuck that doesn't make me look like... <laughs> Yeah, if I can find a groin cup that doesn't make me look like something was stuffed down my pants, I may be wearing <laughs> <laughs> ready. If I'm not wearing the outside of your pants, a diaper style groin cup, I might be ready. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen the, the Muay Thai banana cups? Yes. <laughs> Those look so ridiculous when people wear them under their shorts. Yeah. yeah oh, my gosh. Go, yes, they do. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a gross. I know. <laughs> what like is a what? that? <laughs> like a gross. gross. Yeah. Like a gross. <laughs> well, you know, like women's women's groin protectors are kind of are a little bit weirder because it – um. I, I don't. Last time I saw a groin cup, it looked like it only covered like the front. Well, ours have to go like under, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. That is so freaking uncomfortable. It's oh, uncomfortable. It is, especially the because like the ones that they make just now. Cups can be. Yeah, I'll bet. Know, let alone the women's ones. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine the pinching that you guys get, like, on in your inner thigh and stuff like that. That's crazy. Oh, I know, in the chafing? Oh, in the chafing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unless you, you find one that really fits and, you know, you've got, you know, tight supporters and stuff. But, no, ours, they go on, like, underwear. <clears throat> and uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't have, like, a – you can't knock on it to check if, you know, <laughs> if you got it on. Because it's more like um, – it's more like uh, – like harder rubber type of thing or foam. Yeah. foam. It was like, oh, you know, really I never told you this story. Foam. What's that? Uh, I was introducing Greg Woldridge to Curtis Wong, the president, uh-huh. founder, owner of Inside Kung Fu Magazine. He's demoing. We're going to do these videos. He's demoing to prove himself to Curtis. Greg bends down in front of me uh-huh. and knocks on my cup. Oh my god! Oh my god! What if I wasn't wearing one? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 he yeah, did that yeah. in front of uh, in front of uh, oh, what's the Cliff Stewart? Cliff Stewart was there too. <laughs> oh no! It, well, you know, see that that drives oh. me insane. It drives me insane. Like when I ask <clears throat> my guys, okay, it's a street. You all got your cups? want to hear that <laughs> why do you uh, oh, you know a simple yes you would suffice you don't have to sit know. there and like <laughs> yep all set people i know i know every time they do that it's like what did you forget <laughs> i know right are you reminding yourself that you have a cup i'm all set Sifu. what <laughs> what's that i no i just want to tell you i have iron balls <laughs> oh wait! I, gotta, I have to do this now because because I happen to have I happen to have one inch steel balls in my uh, paracord stuff. Here we go. <laughs> oh 
wait, 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 wait. Oh my here, God. Wait, wait, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> you just got kicked in the iron balls. Okay. So anyhow, I, how we got into groin cups, I don't know. Oh, it was because I was saying. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's, women's I love how they always take the twist every now and then. Women's groin cups are like the worst dental floss. You know, it's, it's, it's a, well, yeah, a woman told me they're like G-strings. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And it's, it kind of disgusts me because it's kind of like, really? It's got to go, you know, because some of it can go like up in there, up in the crack, right? And it's kind of like, you know, and I got to, uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and Jamie says, Jamie says, <laughs> Jamie says, Jamie says, the boys know that they're supposed to have it on. If they're not wearing one, we women are not caring. <laughs> I know, right? You we guys give a have crap. a <laughs> No, you guys have a homing device on your foot that finds our groin. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't care. No, we don't. It's like, okay. You're like, get your ass up. Stop yeah. crying. <laughs> I'll give you something to cry about. Pull it out and hit them in between. <laughs> <laughs> God, okay. <clears throat> All right. So back to what we were talking about. You know, what are what are some of the stereotypes that people have about traditional art? So Bob said that uh, people will poo-poo it because they don't understand it. What about you, Wayne? What, do you, what are some stereotypes? I, I think the exact about? same thing is. Uh, do what now? What What, what are some stereotypes what? that you? Yeah. What are some st- stereotypes that you've heard about traditional art? Um, that the techniques suck, that they don't work. Um, I, I don't know. I can't think of a lot right now, but uh, I don't know a lot about it. A lot of the stereotypes. I don't pay a lot of attention to them. You know, one I've heard a lot was that uh, karate is too rigid, quote unquote. Yeah, karate I've heard that moves too. Too rigidly, and um, when I was when I was starting in wushu and kung fu, I heard a lot of that karate is too rigid. But on the other hand, I also heard stuff like, well, Kung Fu is too soft, right? It, it, it went both ways. And I kind of have to beg to differ because if you want to strike with power in any art, right? And at the time I was learning Kajikenbo, Chan Fa, One Hot Sendo. You want to strike with power in any art, you have to learn how to, you have to learn how to throw your body and how to, and, and how to control it. And how to be sharp and stable right. in your stance and stuff like that. It's through, you know, I credit Kung Fu for, for making me flow a lot better. But I learned that I could hit pretty hard within that flow. And I credit that to karate. I, all, all of the power and use of my body mechanics to karate. The Kung Fu and the Wushu helped me flow better. No doubt about it. And I credit all my teachers that taught me Wushu and Kung Fu and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess if a student knows how to how to put together 
you know, the power of karate with something else like, oh, I don't know, like capoeira, for example, you know, or mm-hmm. um, kung fu or wushu or whatever, <clears throat> then they'd be a great practitioner in that other art for sure. Um, but but people are so hung up on the it's so rigid, it's so ti, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. People are just so caught up on it that they just don't see beyond that. They don't see beyond right. their, their modern modern martial arts box, and um, which is kind of sad because they don't you know, under, they don't understand they don't understand it too. <clears throat> right, right, right. Which you know, which is funny because speaking of not understanding. I've met people that actually think that jujitsu is Brazilian. That all jujitsu <laughs> is Brazilian. I can't really? know. Is that where the origin from? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Some people think that jujitsu is Brazilian. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what crack are they smoking? So <laughs> I don't know. No kidding. Right. Anyhow, so if anyone wants to join the conversation right now, we're talking about traditional martial arts uh, and how it applies its pros and cons and stuff like that to modern martial arts and MMA. Give us a call three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Or if you found our link on my personal profile page or on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, go ahead and comment on um in the comments below however right now i'm on my personal profile page so you guys can uh i'm following the comments there so you guys can um uh comment there jamie says uh the groin is my first place that my snap kick goes that's right (laughs) us women we get pretty quick with those front snap kicks (laughs) (laughs) just just ask lady lalane bob (laughs) oh shut up She's got a hella quick snap kick. Like, blink, you miss it. It's quick. It's like, what are you talking about? And <clears throat> when um, when uh, when Lady and I went to that um, uh, New Year's Eve party when you were driving and stuff, we did this uh-huh. uh, one picture where she was kicking to my head, and I had to block it. And, we, and I said, okay, let's slow it down a little bit so the camera can catch it. And she did a warm-up, and next thing you know, there's this boot upside my head. I didn't. I honestly didn't see it. Did not see it. Just goes boop, and I felt my hair move. And I'm like, "What? Slow down, girl." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. Now, if anybody calls, you gotta press one. Otherwise, I'm just gonna ignore your line. So, if you wanna, if you have something to add to the conversation about uh, traditional martial arts and how it applies to MMA, uh, just press one. Um, and if not, um, we're, I think we're just going to move on to what is chi or what is ki, also known as prana or mana, that kind of thing. But we will, we can go back to traditional martial arts and uh, modern training um, as calls come in. So let's actually move on. Let's move on to what is chi, what is ki. Let's uh, uh, kind of go through how we each define it and uh, go through some stereotypes and bust some myths. <clears throat> so let's start with Bob. What do you think chi is? Well, you know, I have always been a realist and 
level-headed thinking, and if I can't see it and don't understand it, I've I've got to have something proven to me. Now, right. she, is, she is energy. Different people explain it different ways. Uh, right. For example, a Tan Sao in Wing Chun, Randy Williams says you you put the Tan straight so you have this kink in your wrist so that stops your that stops your chi from leaving your hand. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Right. So it's 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 an energy <clears throat> thing. It's like. I, I can't explain it because I don't understand it because you can't touch it, you can't feel it, you can't taste it. Right, right. Is right. it proven it's there? Who knows? Uh, well, sen- yeah. sen- uh, Tohei Sensei was amazing. Mm-hmm. He he could prove it. He could prove his his, <laughs> his chi was there. But right. he's the only one that ever demonstrated that, as far yeah. as I know. Well, here's the here's the thing, and I think this is where a lot of the stereotypes come in because a lot okay. of people, a, a lot of people assume that the word chi or the term chi is, is, um, is something that is like magical, mystical, some like unseen power. And, and that, and that's the thing that, that sticks in people's heads because of all the people out there that, claim to have chi power or telekinesis or whatever, right? And this is going to go into the charlatan thing we're going to be talking about a little bit later, too. <clears throat> but when I was coming up, especially when I started learning Tai Chi, and, and this again, this is where uh, some of the uh, stereotypes come in. When people hear the word Tai Chi, they think chi as in the magical, mystical life force, you know, you know, like like the dark side and, you know, use the force, Luke, you know, that kind of thing. And they think that Tai Chi is all about that. But when I was coming up, I was taught that in actual Chinese, Chi just means air or breath um, or, I don't know, something gaseous or, um, you know, material energy or something. Yeah. (laughs) I was my, waiting my, for you to say something. <laughs> this is Bob. I was something. My, my, that's my wife that's can, Bob after beans. <laughs> I know. My wife says I have a whole lot of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll use a different word. Uh, ethereal. There we go. <laughs> so. But see, the thing is, it's like the breath or air, that kind of thing, or atmosphere. You know, we breathe that, and that allows us to live instead of suffocating and dying. So it's that thing, that that figuratively, that that thing that keeps you alive. Now, it could be the air, it could be your attitude toward things, it could be, uh, uh whatever whatever attitude that you tend to absorb from other people. Because you know how that is? You know, if somebody's pissed off and, you know, if you let it, then you get pissed off and stuff mm-hmm. like that, <laughs> you know? Right. <clears throat> or if somebody's right. happy and you get... So that that's the concept of chi, the, something that affects how we are, how we live, how we are, how we, you know old attitude or whatever, right? Uh, or things that affect us regarding food. So when my teacher says that 
uh, certain foods have uh, will change your chi. Well, yeah, in a way, right? Like if I eat too much, if I drink too much soda, I might get fat and diabetic. Well, that changes how I'm living, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so, so that that made more sense to me because it it was more um it was more of a a logical explanation to me. And mm-hmm. the 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 ethereal type of uh, magical mystical thing, I can see where people have, where where people can misunderstand it, right? Because of course, you know, when we're when we're doing like Tai Chi meditation or um, Qigong or whatever, we are we are using our mind's eye to just imagine, you know, energy coming up from the earth and out through our hands to the top of our head as a way of of occupying our mind and guiding our mind through the exercise, right? Um, and some people will feel certain things and some people not, and <clears throat> all the power to them. But, you know, for people to assume that it's some magic power, it, I think I think it's a misnomer at that point. So, mm-hmm. anyway, let's go to Wayne. What are your thoughts on key? Exactly what you just said. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. So, but, now, there was, um, oh, gosh, I think it was, like, back in the 80s, so, like, you know, 30, 40 years, 40 years ago, there was this guy named James Heydrich. And I don't know if you uh, remember this guy, but James Heydrich was a kung fu guy out in Georgia somewhere. And he claimed to have psychic and telekinetic powers and he was able to move pencils on a desk and move uh, oh, uh, is that the guy that used to do them underneath the fish tanks and stuff yeah yeah he used to do them underneath the fish tank or something yeah, oh, wait, no he guy. he well actually he used to do them on a on a table and then it was james randy that yes. said mm, you're full of shit and put a mm-hmm. pencil under a fish tank under, James right. yeah James Hydric couldn't move the pencil or whatever the heck he was supposed to move right because right. the fish tank was in the way <clears throat> and um, he started to get kind of upset and, and he's like it's not working today blah 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 and James Randy goes because you don't have any power you don't have any special power and James Randy did the same trick he said well let me go ahead and take the fish tank off and did the same trick that James Hydric did, and I was like, oh my God, he just owned him. <laughs> right. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. I think it was on like the Michael Douglas show, or mm-hmm. not Michael Douglas. Uh, is that Michael Douglas? Yeah. yeah Michael Douglas. Yeah, show. Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Just completely outed him. So, you know, and, and then there were like uh, these. Uh, ads in like the old martial arts magazines or in the comic books of you know learn unbeatable kung fu with no bodily contact Sifu Carl Totten like sent me a bunch of um, old advertisements uh, from old comic books and stuff like that uh, on Facebook and said I still have some of these (laughs) and I'm like wow (laughs) And, and and someone else posted another uh, old ad of, you know, this guy named Master Kung Fu that can teach you how to how to master the deadliest art of Kung Fu without touching people and all that crap, right? 
<clears throat> and it's like, <sighs> so, and, and then James Hydrick comes out, you know, and then, gosh forbid, you've got the no-touch knockouts and, and stuff like George that. Gilman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, like I said, we're not going to call out names and stuff like that. No. But I am calling out James Hydrick because he's, he was outed. He was outed. So, you know, and it was 40 years ago, so I'm, I'm calling that out. But I guess this is a good segue into charlatan behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Segue into, yeah. Now, um, although I do want to address one thing about Chi, because I have several Tai Chi students that um, – um, that are very like spiritual people, you know, as am I, I'm a, I'm a spiritual, not religious type of person. And, you know, but, you know, I have to, I have to teach students that, okay, there's the figure figurative term chi, and then there's the more of the literal meaning of chi and uh, practical way of, of using the term as it relates to Tai Chi practice. Right. And, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's easy, it's easy to get caught up in the magical, in the magical and the mysticism of, of uh, something, because, you know, wouldn't it be great to have special powers, right? (laughs) Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to, you know, um, affect, you know, physically move stuff and affect things that way. Um, but all I want to do is tell those people that, you know, well, if, if, if you want to call chi, you know, something magical, mystical, it's what you make of it. And there's no right or wrong. However, you know, I would guard, I would guard against thinking that you can put on like a, a, a chi force field and protect yourself against bullets or knives or anything like that um i mean and that's kind of hard to say because you know you see the shaolin monks out there putting spears to their throats and and breaking spears that way and you know being uh lifted up on spears and not breaking their skin and stuff like that i mean you see stuff like that and it becomes very easy to to believe in the mysticism and the magic behind it um and there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, a knife doesn't know what she is. And a bullet moving at hundreds of, uh, hundreds of feet per second doesn't know what she is. So, and that's all I'm, I'm just Right, and I'm that. not saying it's all trick <laughs> and, and, it's not, and it's not all hokey. It's like William Chung used to break wood chopsticks on his throat, but there was a trick. Mm-hmm. A guy we saw that had a video claimed he could break a board with his pinky and you saw the hand slowly move up and all of a sudden there was a hammer fit and not yeah. a pinky break. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. You know? I'm sorry. I don't care and how. I, I know, Wayne, you've seen stuff like that. Right. What's that? You've seen stuff like that. Like somebody oh, tries to do a pinky break and you see the hand move up and it's no longer a pinky, it's a hammer fit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and the same break the break, the break was so clean, it looked like it was sawn through. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, so it wasn't a- You know what I mean? So there are yeah, certain yeah. things you can do, but I'm not saying it's all like that, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I've never seen it to be able to say, wow, that stuff's real. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Because I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same place. I mean, you know, I come, how do I, let me back up here. I come from a family that, that, um, let's just say that, that it was a family of healers. And I've seen and experienced things that I can't explain. Um, and I can't even begin to explain, you know, some of these things. Um, you know, which is why, you know, I have to be careful when I say, you know, um, no, no touch knockouts or, or hokey or whatever. I have to be careful because, because I've seen stuff, but on the other hand, I've never experienced it and I've never seen a person just off the street get knocked out with a no touch knockout. It's always been someone within the same school that has been knocked out. Yeah. It's you know, it's always been you know right. some other martial artist well, that, like, that really believes in it get knocked out. I've never seen just someone right off the street, random person get knocked out. So Well that's it, it be kills careful. me, Rusty. It, remember Brian Gray, the iron palm yes, guy? Yes, yes, I remember him. And everybody's saying, Oh, he's fake iron palm. I'm like have you really? Have you ever met him? Have you ever seen him? How do you know? If you yeah. know for sure, tell me. But right. don't just make this blanket statement by he's a fake Iron Palm guy. You've, he's written books. He's been in magazines. Yeah, yeah. He's okay you know, until I've, he's proven different. Exactly. And I've seen some of his breaks. And I've seen other people's breaks, too, where audience members can pick a brick and they'll just break that one. Out of 20 bricks, you want number 16? Pow! <laughs> 16 gone. You know, <laughs> and it's like, how do you? How the hell do you do that, right? I mean, there's, there's yeah, gotta there be, is no trick to that. The, the, yeah, you can't trick that because there's no spacers. There's no, you know, they're just stacked right on top of each other, and it's like, really, you know, there's there's got to be something, you know, whether it's like some mastery over physics or or whatever. I don't know, but, you know. Or get kinetic but, energy, something. Something, something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 the, I'm in the same place, you guys, in that, you know, I'm not saying that there isn't, that it's bonkers or, you know, bullshit. I'm not saying that at all, because, like I said, I've, I've felt stuff and I've, and I've seen stuff, but I've never been knocked out with a chi ball. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, and I know several people that have tried to have tried to volunteer for these no touch knockouts. Literally jumping up and down, pick me, pick me. And of course, you know, they don't get picked. Because <laughs> they know it's not gonna work. And there's tons of videos out there of, of people just getting owned because, you know, they're they're she knockout didn't work or whatever, and but but it but the, this just this just kind of leads into the charlatan thing, right? Because James Heydrich right. touted he promised that his students could learn and and gain the same psychic powers that he had. He promised them this, right? And at one point, he had 300 students in his room. He had 300 Oof. students. Wow. 
hundreds. Wow. Well, I mean, granted, back then, you know, in Georgia, and if you're the only kung fu school in the area, well, then yeah, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, so he had a following. I don't know if it was a cult type following, but we're gonna get into that part also. Um, and uh, yeah, and he made all these promises, and then went around and you know did all these public appearances to prove his power and stuff, and then you know James Randi completely like you know outed him. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I felt embarrassed for James. <laughs> I felt embarrassed for him. But um yeah. Now Jamie says our minds are very powerful, but I don't believe we can move heaven and earth with it. But we do have some abilities if trained properly. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with True. that. True. Um yeah, you know, I can agree with and that. then yeah, and then and then there are people of course that speaking of mind, um, there are people that um that believe that our con that all of our consciousness is part of one. So like that we're all part of like a hive mind some some of some sort and that we're all connected in some way, shape or form, whether it's by, you know, DNA energy or whatever, right? And who knows? And there there's actually um, you know, quantum physics experiments regarding like DNA like in New York and DNA in like California, one is affected and then the other is affected, you know, it's kind of like, what? Seriously? You know? So, I mean, there's all sorts of uh, uh, research and studies going on with that. Um, But, but I guess the the thing that I want to just get out to my Tai Chi students is that it's not magical. It's not mystical. The concept, the way that the Chinese look at it is of breath or air, or ethereal matter. So, you know, you breathe in the air, or you learn to breathe, and you live. So it is a type of something that is your life life force. So, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see, Janie says, yeah, that's all above my pay grade. I missed something. What was it? <laughs> What was that comment for? What I missed something. <laughs> what was that comment for, Janie? Okay, now charlatan behavior. Charlatan behavior. Let's uh, let's just name off some stuff that uh, that uh, screams bullshito. I'll start. Um, shoot, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Uh, promises of special powers. So there we, there's, there's my contribution to that. What about you, Bob? What's something that screams bullshito to you? Selling rank certificates or ranking someone in a style that they have never been practicing in. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, explain, explain to our listeners what you're talking about. Well, there is, and, and I think Wayne's been on the show and we've discussed this, about how there will be a trading system going on. Hey, Wayne, I'll rank you in Jeet Kune Do. You rank me in, in uh, Goju. And we'll trade. Yeah. I've never studied, he's never studied JKD. I've never studied Goju. I've never studied Shotokan. How can I be ranked in it? Right. Now, I do, honestly, I have an honorary rank, and it is honorary. I, I have an honorary rank in uh, Shodan in Lima Lama. I got oh, okay. the belt. 
I've got the certificate. But mm-hmm. they, everybody knows it's an honorary. Yeah. It's for contributions right. to the martial arts. It's not a I no no money exchanged hands. No favors were were exchanged. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of organizations that will also sell you rank certificates. Oh yeah. That drives me absolutely insane. Yeah, it's like pay to play type of thing. Pay to grade. That's how you wind up with all these masters with tenth degree black belts and all these styles. Yeah. They 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 shared certificates. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and you know, I have no problem with organizations that will recognize rank. So right. That will recognize rank. Yes. Recognition is a lot different than giving away rank. Yeah, exactly, right? Because, you know, I have no problem with organizations that do that. Like, you know, if somebody's uh, a need-on for 15 years because they're, you know, working in Siberia or something like that, and they're still practicing and they're still teaching and they're still promoting their art but just haven't had time to grade, well, I have no problem with with organizations that say, hey, you know, let's get a hold of your your art and and you know let's let's see if we can help you upgrade you know or recognize them as whatever rank so um right but and, yeah and but, along the lines of Rusty it also it also bugs me when there's the rank police out there saying oh you're not qualified yeah. we had this yeah. one guy that was saying you're not qualified in this you're not qualified in that and I'm like, you're claiming a tenth Dan in Hapkido? And you're yeah. telling me I'm not qualified? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, because it's kind of like, you know, how would they know that you're not qualified? What the exactly. hell? Yes. You know, and how would they know? And they're bad-mouthing you to the community. Yeah. And this was a guy know? who said, if you ever want to be inducted into the USA Hall of Fame, I'm their regional director. I'll get you in. I'm glad I didn't under him because his name is Mud. Oh, right. Right. You know, Boy, then my name would have been Mud. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, am I glad I didn't under him. Me too. God. Because see, see, and that's the thing is that, you know, once you get into – Okay, so so getting back in the charlatan behavior, charlatan behavior, being like you know uber high rank when you're not even like seventy or something, right? Yeah. Come on, you know. I mean, now here's the thing, though. Here's the thing is, you know, I I kind of have to be careful in how I talk about that too because um, there are people that have been legitimately graded within a particular art and legitimately graded by the founder of the system. And I'm going to use Dosai Pares as an example. Kakoi Dosai Pares under Kakoi Kenyete. He's got uh, several 10th degrees under him, right? And here's why. You know, as he was getting older, he realized, hey, you know, we need people to proliferate this art when I die. So, you know, right now we've got Grandmasters, um, grandmasters like Ron Liu and uh, you know, Wally Estropia and um, oh, um, 
I forgot his name. Um, Anthony Kleeman and stuff like that. Right. They're like ninth, tenth degrees. Legitimate because Kakoi Kenyeke bestowed the rank upon upon them with the with the with the vow to proliferate the art. Right. Um, some of my close friends, one of my very closest friends, as a matter of fact, was promoted to ninth degree. Legitimately, I was there. And there's still people out there that, like, mm, she's not qualified, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, in Cacoy del Paris, you get ranked because you can fight. And that was all Grandmaster Cacoy wanted. You know, if someone asked you to fight or spar and you didn't, didn't turn it down and you showed that you could hold your own and probably win a match or two or three or whatever fights or whatever, he promoted you because he wants you to represent the art, not someone that can't hold their own. I mean, makes sense. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Well, but, J- Janie is on the line and I think we better take this before we legitimately just piss her off. <laughs> okay. Which one? Which, go ahead two, and press seven, her zero. line. Two seven zero. Okay. We've got Janie she on the line. How you doing? Hey, hey, I got tired of typing, man. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Man, my little digits were getting tired of typing, so I thought, well, can't be part of this. I might as well just go ahead and call. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you got to add to this? Yeah. Oh man, I tell you what, I've seen some. You know, in the tournaments and stuff like that, when I'm uh, judging, I I see some people that are are charlatans a lot. You know, uh, you could you could tell somebody who's trained and trained and trained, and those who bought their black belt online, you know, yeah. and, and gave themselves a ranking. You know, you can yeah. see it in their kata. You can see it in their fighting. I mean, it's obvious. It's so uh, sad. It is. It, it, it sad, really is. Sadder than hell. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder, though. I mean, you know, why? Why? You know? <laughs> I mean, isn't a black belt enough? <laughs> yeah. You know? Why do, yeah. you have to, why, why do you have to be like a, you know, a 10th degree and you're not even 60? Well, you know, I... And, right. who, oh, and, and that's why Rusty Master Ken is a 15th degree. Because yeah. he's making fun of these people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I think nowadays oh, yeah. he's he's got like 15, 15 stripes, and he wears another belt on top of his yeah. belt inside his belt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Well, you know, I know a couple of kids personally that just got their third degree, and they're only like thirteen, fourteen years old, and I'm like, why? You know, just because they run the WKU circuit, who cares? Right. You know, if they're if they're winning and that's what they're there to do, they're there to win and get their titles. Why do they have to be a third degree already? You know, huh. and it's it, it it kind of I was kind of ashamed uh, because I knew the I knew the master that tested them, and mm-hmm. it it just kind of I don't know it just. It just kind of—I kind of lost a little respect for him after that because I held him at a high regard, and then now you've got these little kids who are, to me, uh, third degrees, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's too much. 
Yeah, and see, that's a little. I, I don't know if that's charlatan or more like you know, is it a a a, a personal thing within their school or a thing within their art? But you know, stuff like that, where if you've got like a thirteen-year-old, that's a third degree. You know. Yeah. And, and, and I got to stop and think. I started when I was eight. Didn't get a black belt until I was fifteen. And here's this, you know, 13-year-old that outranks me already, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself. But is, but is, that, a, like, is that an okay. adult? Is that an adult third degree or is that a, uh, a Shodan Ho third degree? Uh, I think it's an adult third degree. I think they did the testing, but I think he watered it down for him. Yeah, see, I don't uh, agree with that. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, will, we will give Shodan Ho ranking uh you know junior black belt ranking up until the age of 16 once they once they reach the age of 16 then they can test for their adult black belt right Let's right well that's this. what we have too we have a junior oh do you mm-hmm. okay well, let's do this. We've got about 15 minutes left of our broadcast, so let's take another call. We've got area code 682. 682, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? Hey, Russ. This is Meet George. Hey, George. How's it going, man? Long time no here. Long time no here. Yay. So, well, I guess that was you that was listening all that time. I'm like, was that you at the bottom of the board for all this time? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he is. All right. So, we're talking about well, showing behavior in the martial arts. Do you, have any, do you have anything you want to talk about? Well, I've been touching on a bunch of all this stuff here. Um, cool. Like, uh, you know, people getting, getting uh, ranks when they don't deserve it. Like right. uh, like Elvis Presley got his black belt in like what a week and a half. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, like Elvis Presley when he when he got out of the military he was an E four but when he was uh, going across the United States doing tours they gave him E five just because they could. Wow. Wow. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> Is that allowed in the military to just promote someone because of like celebrity status? I mean, no, because no, when he hell? was doing the touring, he was out, he was out of the military. Now, granted, he was he was wearing uh, rank that he was not given correctly, but you no, know, no one's no one's gonna sit there and dime out uh, Elvis Presley, you know. So right, right, yeah. Was he a, was he a corporal when he came out of boot camp? Because sometimes you can make rank while you're in boot camp, and then once you've been a corporal for so long, once you get out, then you can get your When he first got to Germany, he was E1. He was a private. Oh, okay. Right. CFC. So while in Germany, he made E4, and then when he got out of the military, that's when he did his cross-country tour, and they gave him E5 for the tour. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Because it looks nice for him to be an NCO as opposed to being just a private. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, as far as, as, far as Chi goes, uh-huh. I, I, I have heard, you know, Chi being this all mystical force and, and all that kind of stuff, but I've also heard right. Chi as uh, a way of feeling. Mm-hmm. In such a way. Yeah. All right. 
you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and say I can go to a brick wall and 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 explode the tenth brick down or something like that. I don't know. I don't know about that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> but um, if if you can you can sit there and uh, it uh, she is is a the way I've always been explained to that it was it is the ability to. Uh, hone your, I guess, concentration right. to a point where you can take all of your, I guess, strength or whatever and put it into one point. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you a, know. that's a result. Uh, I guess that's a, a icing on the cake for you know, uh, what she can be used So, yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if, because, you know, and since Wayne knows this term, it's kime, it means focus. But mm-hmm. I've never looked at the etymology behind the word to see if the word ki in kime um, is based on ki as in energy. So, in fact, I'm going to do that right now because I'm because because, you know, you're talking about focusing your energy at one point, and kine means focus. So if you look at the etymology behind the word here. What is kine in karate? We are going to the karate by Jesse webpage. And for those of you <coughs> that haven't heard of this um, webpage, Jesse Enkamp is, uh, is a great writer. And uh, he has a blog that uh, that features a lot of uh, uh, a great what ifs and and lessons and stuff like that. Not lessons in karate, but like just you know everyday lessons. Um, now, kime or chi, whatever, right? What is kime in karate? Uh, it says let me get past this thing here. Um, Hold on a second. Are we Googling? No, I'm reading this. I'm reading this article. He's always Googling. I'm always Googling. No, I'm reading a karate by, uh, an article on karate by Jesse, but he's telling That's a TMI, story. Man. Yeah, but he's telling a story, and I'm trying to get past the story to the word kime, right? Uh, let's see here. He, when he, has he set a date for leaving for Okinawa? No, 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 no. Uh I don't understand where he says something on here, and I don't know where he's alluding to. Um, anyway, kime. It was a word that many karate people in the West claimed to understand, but few really do. It's often endued with magical powers, and the definitions range from trivial, downright, uh, down-to-earth stuff to the more extreme, esoteric, transcendental kinds. It sounded so comfortable and easy to him when he said it. And the word, as you might have figured out, was kime. Probably breaking at least 10 or 12 kinds of world records in terms of ambiguity, kime is a word that in the Western world of karate is as popular as it is misunderstood. But that's not the case in Japan. On that sunny day in Okinawa, when my friend asked me what date I had set for my departure, he used kime like it was nothing. Just a word amongst the words. So I guess they were talking in Japanese. To him, it meant it simply meant to fix or to set up. 
as in fixing or setting a date. And that's exactly what my dictionary, Japanese dictionary, tells me. Kime comes from kimeru. Um, it's an ichidan verb, which means to decide, fix, or set. Yet, when I look around on the web, I find the word kime being repeatedly misused. And frankly speaking, I don't know why. Maybe we're a bit afraid that some of the exoticism of karate will be lost if we fully understand the terms we use. The definitions of kime vary, and it surprises me that even some of the most famous Western historians uh, don't seem to understand the word they're trying to explain. Um, And uh, so here's an example from a famous famous Western historian. It is the ability to rapidly jump power into the target. That is kime. Or how about the point is where you accelerate into the target and you and your kime focus the energy inside the target rather than through. Very difficult to explain in words. Or I tend to think that kime is just the best we could come up with to describe what the rest of us would call a serious whack with intent. <laughs> and here's another. To me, kime... Kime is about shocking the opponent, applying your maximum force so quickly that the opponent cannot adjust to the impact either consciously or unconsciously. Other legendary explanations involve the snap of the gi at the end of a punch. Really? <laughs> they, they define the snap of the gi as kime or destructive force or power. Some even claim um, the use of the snap of the gi is a, bara- is a barometer of kime or martial arts focus. What? What? Okay, we just called out a good technique that you did it right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? So that means that means someone can go from a lightweight gi to 14-ounce duck canvas, and all of a sudden they've got, like, out-the-door kime, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. I think I better go. how much starch you put into it. I know, right? You I better order a thicker one. Oh, I better go get a Tokaido gi so that way I can get my kime better. <laughs> now, just come on, Century, right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna get on there right now and get me get me a 14 ounces. Um, now, Jesse says that you know all of those definitions of kime technically are wrong. He says that the above quotes, for the most part, are intelligent and good, except that snap barometer thingy, maybe. <laughs> But it's not kime. So sorry, someone pulled a fast one on you, he says. You're better off using other terms like like chinkuchi or kimochi or even more mysterious Okinawan karate words. Why not simply use the Japanese sentai yoku, full body power? The coach of the Japanese national team uses it frequently, sentai ryoku. But then again, it's not quite as catchy. (laughs) So... Up, kime is not any of the following. So listen up, everybody out there, especially young students. It is not snapping of the gi. It is not the serious intent to whack somebody. It is not necessarily full commitment to a strike. It's not shocking your opponent or dumping power into a target or destructive force power or the magical ingredient that makes you a master. So what then is kime? We agreed to the word, that the word means to fix, to decide. But how do we apply this concept to our karate? Where do we find? Where do we see? Where do we feel kime? The answer is as brilliant as it is short. You can find kime in any technique you wish. 
<laughs> there you go. Wow, and if uh, we're, we're talking short, Rusty, your key may is off the chart. there you go so that's all it is you you know she's going to text me later and say screw you yeah (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to take that I'm going home (laughs) yep exactly so anyway Rusty it's very simple if you think you're right or you're think you're wrong you're probably correct. You're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. In the five minutes we've got left, I just want to make some honorable mentions. Going back to traditional martial arts and MMA and modern training, I just want to shoot out a few names of uh, great MMA fighters today that have been or are still traditional martial artists. So let's start oh, cool. with yeah. Let's start with Anderson Silva. He started out with Taekwondo. It was his first martial art that he took seriously. And he has a black belt in it. Um, and uh, I think he's like a fifth, fifth don in that. Um, and he also couples capoeira and, and karate and Muay Thai with his Taekwondo in the, uh, in the ring. Uh, then we got George St. Pierre. He's a Kyokushin black belt. Yep. There you go. <laughs> he's Kyokushin. Uh, Kung Lee. Kung Lee is a um, uh, is a Sun Sancho uh, guy, and he started out in Taekwondo, believe it or not, and then he got into uh, Ushu Sancho and, and eventually into MMA. And uh, Anthony Pettis, he's a third degree black belt in Taekwondo, and he still trains in Taekwondo. Uh, ta- taekwondo, <laughs> Taekwondo. That's what I get for trying to read it. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's my art we're talking about. I'm like, I'm like, that's what I get for reading ahead. And he's a quick kicker. Um, and uh, he also prefers uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and uh, he also had a wrestling background as well. And then, of course, we got Ronda Rousey, judo, judo black belt. She's a yudansha in judo. Um, and uh, what's her down rank? It doesn't say. Let's see here. And then Lyoto Machida, who we were talking about a little bit earlier, is a Shotokan karate guy and a beautiful technician in the ring for sure. So there yeah. you go. For people that think that MMA cannot use traditional arts, these guys prove that myth wrong and threw it, threw it right out the window. <laughs> right out the window. Mm-hmm. So before we before we sign off, um, is there anything anyone wants to add about anything that we talked about today? Charlatans, key traditions in the martial arts and MMA. Let's start with Bob. You got any last last sentences for us? No, I think my ranting and raving spoke for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What about Wayne? Real quick. No, I don't have anything else to add. And George, what are your last thoughts? No, I'm just about good right now, I think. Awesome. Have a good evening. And yeah, it was it was a fun thing. And Jamie, any any last thoughts? Hey, you know what? Train the train the arts. Learn everything you can. You know, you can't go Heck wrong yeah. with tradition. That's right. Can't go wrong. If anything, it can just add to what you what you what you're getting in your modern training. Because it, you know, modern Amen. training started out old anyway, and 
you know, 30 years from now, MMA is going to seem old. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> All is. right, folks, we got to get out of here. This is Rashida and Bob and Wayne and George and Janie. We are signing out. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.